podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Oh, my goodness. It's a counter-attack. It's a new dropper. And now Kedair in the middle, Dropper goes, scores! Stretch it, stretch it, Mitchell Romanidou, stretch it, stretch it, stretch it, Chelsea 2, Arsenal 1, Didier Drogba has it! Drogba in the centre! McCoy just came from the ground and was full out, now going back to Magnus, money up the ball, he gets his pins, he gets his pins, he gets his pins, stretch it, stretch it, Mitchell Romanidou, Possibly bleak as this. Drogba! Madder! Never ended up in McDonald's. And I have had a trophy in one time. Not the fault that I played with Dunn. Hello and welcome everybody to another episode of Chessie Hour. I am your host, Daniel Soff. We've got a nice small intimate one today. Um, we've just come off the, you know when you just come off a big win, it's almost like I want the whole crew there to party with us. But <laughs> I think we've got enough. When you've got Jay, that's all you need in terms of optimism. So, like, <laughs> Jay, Jay, it's been a while, but you're back, bro. I know, you yeah. I'm happy to be back, man. Um, I haven't been on for a while, but, yeah. No better time, really. This, yeah. is, this, is, a, this is a perfect opportunity to, to wax lyrical about my, my fantastic team at the moment. So Yeah. We need, we need all that heart on the... On the, the what's the, what is the term? Heart on the sleeve? Whatever. Heart on the sleeve, yeah. All of that energy. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Um, Alexis, my guy, long time, bro. Yeah, long time. Whenever you guys have me, there's enough pessimism for one, <laughs> for one video. <laughs> it? So it's all good. This is, yin the, yang. this is the interesting, yeah, that's literally it, yin and yang. Um, Life so balance, you have to yeah. combat it, but it's going to be hard for you. It must be hard for you because I know Alexis doesn't mind saying what needs to be said. You, you don't mind being the villain, do you? I don't mind, but at the same time, I can hold my hands up. I can hold my hands up when I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm wrong yet. So but, there won't be no confessions like that today. But, but Alexis, you have to admit, we're going to get to Mendy later, but I saw one of your tweets on Kepa. Talk yeah, I plead the fifth. I plead the fifth. No, no, 
That's the reason why we invited you on. Talk to us about that tweet. Basically, for anyone that hasn't seen, I said, Kepa should sit tight. Lampard will be gone by Christmas. Wow. For me, I think the absurd part is me thinking Kepa should sit tight. Yes. That's, that's I genuinely even, think that's the most absurd part. That's even the worst part of it. I couldn't even get to the Lampard will be gone by Christmas. Was you ever... So, you, what, you believed in Kepa still? I like to have faith. When you invest 75 million in something, you don't want it to be another flop, like don't, Torres was. Don't so, blame the money. Do not blame the money. Did you not see anything? Did you see something in Kepa thinking, okay, there's a keeper in there? In the first season with sorry, I was like, you know what? He can't be that bad. He looked okay. And then mistakes kept on happening. And yeah, eventually I saw the error in my ways. I was very wrong, but it happens. It happens. So I just wanted to introduce you with an L just to, you know, humble you. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. So we won 4-0 in the Champions League against Sevilla. I think that's been their biggest ever loss in Europe. We made nine squad changes. That kind of shows the depth we have. Like we're putting our, our depth on the table. Um, Lop- like com- coming to it, Sevilla's manager, Lopetegui, whatever his name is, he said that we've got the best attacking side in Europe right now. Mm. I-, I think a lot of Chelsea fans will say we have the best defensive side, but yeah. I think on paper, on paper, he's not he's not too far from the truth there, to be honest with you. I think on paper, it's, it's probably one of the best attacks when you just look at the names. Mm. But in terms of us as Chelsea fans, I think a lot of us, if we're being honest at the moment, there's still a lot to work on in terms of um, the attack becoming probably an elite attack. Do you know what I mean? But um, mm. I hear what he's saying. I, I, I kind of get where he's coming from in terms of probably if you're just going by names and squad. Yeah. Yeah, what, Alexis, what's your thoughts on that? We've, yeah, we've got too many on on their day guys, in my opinion. So, for Name. example, on, on their day, Werner's one of the best number nines in the world. On their day, Zayic is unbelievable. So, for us, we just need the consistency on a regular basis before we can start throwing statements like that, in my opinion. Okay, we, we didn't throw those statements. Uh, no, no, as, not as, us, but like okay. as, as a community, as a Chelsea fans, isn't it? Like, Look, Alexis, I have to kind of disclaimer these things because otherwise they're going to be like, you know what, Chessie, I was saying. <laughs> you know what I was saying? So I just have to pull it out there. But Alexis, you said on their day, guys, and you mentioned two. I don't know if you mentioned two as examples. No, or... it was examples. If anything, they're the better ones. Like, for example, Pulisic and Hudson, right? Mm-hmm. They're young, they're developing, and on their day, they're fantastic. But be- it comes with natural evolution where... When the consistency comes is when we can call them great world-class players. At the moment, they're good players developing. Yeah. So we just need, like, we need to see Pulisic, the one post-lockdown. Yeah. The first one. So let's not deep dive. Let's not deep dive. I'm going to talk about that attack first. But just to reference it and just to compare and contrast, Salah isn't really an on-his-day guy. Do you know what I'm saying? Mane, they're not really on-their-day guys. Like, no one is completely amazing throughout the season but you can rely on Salah and Mane um, to do damage through the season in yeah. terms of being yeah. yeah so yeah I get that I get that um, okay let's talk about let's talk about the main man Giroud really and truly I shouldn't even mention any other name before I mentioned Giroud now it's mad contentious because obviously that you're a Chelsea fan so I don't have to tell you what happened it was 4-0 Giroud scored for everyone's talking about 
perfect hat-trick and um, whatever he scored a penalty to. But I want to get into, like, the conversation points around Giroud. So, like, we all know it was a great performance, et cetera, et cetera. But just talking about Giroud, because it's, it's, it's a weird situation, because he may be leaving in January. Um, he was, in terms of Project Restart and this whole kind of return from lockdown, he almost dragged us into... You can say that he, him and maybe Pulisic too, they dragged us into the Champions League positions. But he's become our third-choice striker. Um, and it's, it's not through anything he's done on the pitch. And, yeah, I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on the situation. I think it's weird around Drew. So I think since Drew's come to Chelsea, just to kind of give this kind of my thoughts context, I feel like what he suffers from is politics and, and, and like, managers playing their guys because when he first came in obviously Murata was bought for big money just like Alexis was saying keep keep the faith in Kepa because of money we were on the back of keep the faith in Murata because of money and so he came in firmly as as a backup and he never managed to start ahead of Murata and then obviously after Murata was done with under Sari Iguain came in and because Iguain was Sari's guy again through politics Giroud, and not through his own fault, he was he was second choice. And then again, Lampard comes in and Lampard makes Tammy his number one by default. And again, by politics, Giroud is not starting. So whenever he started, whether it's Europa, whether it's again after Project Restart, whenever he's given a run of games, he's shown his quality. Um, so what are your thoughts on it? And we'll start with Alexis, the whole Giroud situation, the fact that he might be leaving and the fact that he's our third choice striker yet, Whenever he plays, he seems to deliver. Um, personally, I think if Giroud leaves, we can only blame ourselves as a club, for example. In my opinion, if Lampard wants to target man up top, there's only one option, Giroud. Uh, France is the best international team in the world, World Cup winners, Euro European finalists. Yet he starts for them undoubtedly and he can't start for us. It doesn't make sense. I think there are different factors that go into it. Uh, Tammy's contract is running down what not this year the year after if I'm not mistaken and I think if the club want a young well middle-aged England international to sign a new deal and maintain his value Lampard does have to show him love and warmth saying look you're my guy I know we signed Timo but you're going to get your minutes Tammy has been performing but I don't think there's a comparison between the two one is a seasoned veteran that's ready to help us win now the league title is there to be won yeah. And with Giroud in the side, I think it's going gonna, it's gonna to make a big difference. That was my next kind of question. In, in terms of everyone knows about the Tammy contract situation, but is that justified if we're chasing the title? And this season, more than any other, there's no Man City and Liverpool. They're not the City and Liverpool of, of last season. We can win this. So is there room for politics? Politics has messed up too many seasons. Jay, what's your thoughts on the Giroud situation? Um, it's, it's, it's frustrating to be honest because if we rewind back all the way back to when we found out that um, remember there was a lot of rumours talking about how he had a couple of clubs that he was ready to move to before the season started mm -hmm. um, and then we finally got the news that he extended his contract and we were ecstatic about it and that just tells you everything you need to know about how we felt um, about Giroud and, and the, you know his input to the, to the end of this that towards the end of the season 
he was probably our best player. And and now, like obviously shortly into the to the new season, Tammy gets his chance against Barnsley, and he and he obviously he has a great link up with with Havertz, mm-hmm. and I think it starts from there really in terms of Lampard made up his mind he was gonna go you know give Tammy minutes. Tammy had a good performance, and then from there it was just yeah, all right, cool, I can rely on Tammy. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the chance when really and truly it should have never been. Tammy to get the chance. It should have been Tammy. That's the one that's working, trying to get into the team. Yeah. And it's it's very very annoying that Lampard's basically repeated himself, um, like basically what he done last season. So he he's I start Giroud left into the side, and then when we when we really needed to beat a big team, yeah, when we needed to beat a big team and put you know, a, a decent amount of goals past them to show that we can score against the big teams. Mm. The man that shows up is Giroud. And it's not even a coincidence because, yeah. because that's just what he does. And, yeah. you know, you talk about guys, um, we've got too many guys like that are, you know, on their day guys. After the, the first one or two matches that Giroud has just to get warmed up, he is far from that. He is definitely one guy that is very, very consistent. Yeah. Very consistent. He's yeah. the Aspilicueta of centre forward. You know what you're getting from him on a weekly basis. Yeah. Like it's rare for him to have a bad game. He's, he's a solid seven. Alexis, yeah. you said about there's factors, and you mentioned Tammy's contract. But also, let's not forget Giroud's contracts running out too. So there's keeping Tammy happy for the long term, but there's also I think you kind of have to kind of buffer that with okay, do we have to keep Giroud happy to keep him for the rest of the season? Because mm. again, the Euros is coming up. But then also another thing people say is um, physicality. Uh, Tammy will run about um, more. And in Lampard's system, you need that. You need that kind of runner, whereas Giroud doesn't really get about. So I kind of want your points on that. What's your thoughts on that? I think it's nonsense, like, because realistically, Giroud, what? If we, his value right now is what? Maximum 10 million, if that. Tammy's value could be 40 million. I think people have this perception that he's going to become the next Didier Drogba. I, I don't think any, the three of us think that, but people, Chelsea community do. I've seen big accounts say it on a regular basis, which makes me laugh. Tammy Sealin is Dominic Calvert-Lewin, in my opinion. He's like uh, Everton striker on a weekly basis. He's not consistent. Personally, if a good offer of 40 million comes in, I would sell him. We can live without Tammy Abraham. It's not a big deal. He's not helping on a regular basis. He misses so many chances. Like, you know, you know that third goal that Giroud scored? Yeah. I tweeted out, Tammy would be one second late to that. Mm. Like, he wouldn't connect with the header properly because his timing's off. He's 24 years old, turning 25, and he still makes, like, basic errors as a number nine. And we want to win the title. Like, we're Chelsea. We're not Arsenal. Like, we're a big team. And for me, contracts shouldn't matter because you'll generate more money by winning stuff your club like grows exponentially yeah. if you win league titles if you go further in the champions league how are you like, worried about the future when the immediate you've got a chance to win the title do you know what i'm like, saying dan we ain't won a last 16 tie in seven years if i'm not mistaken like in the now, champions league that's now, fucking mad like when you actually think about that that's crazy we're chelsea right? yeah there's the age thing people talk about he's 34 and we can't put eggs in this basket we just signed Thiago Silva. So hit the nail on the head, Dan. Hit the nail on the head. I was just about to say, like, that thing about age, Giroud might be in his best form of his life right now. Yeah. Like, like seriously, like, I remember, um, I remember 
Yas saying previously on the pod before, he was saying, yeah, um, Tammy, we should give Tammy time because when he gets older, he's going to become better at, at, you know, hold up play and all this stuff. Well, we've got someone that's older, we've got someone that's experienced and we've got someone that actually scores goals and arrives in the box on time. Like he, 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 he can even finish the harder chances. If you look at Drew's like catalogue of goals, yeah. they're not basic goals. Like he scores worldies, he scores tappings, he scores headers, he scores every type of goal that you can think of. So like, He's probably one of the most underrated strikers, to be honest with you, right now in the Premiership. It just like, it, it, it doesn't make sense. So like, if we paint this situation, because we talked about Thiago Silva, if um, Tomori's contract was run up in a year, do you feel like Tomori should be benching Thiago Silva? <laughs> no way, bro. To get no him way. To you know what I'm saying? Just to yeah. paint. And yeah, this, yeah. this isn't against. It's not against Tammy. But what I'm saying is. If you're, you're talking about Giroud's quality, I'm, and I'm so glad he started this game because the problem is when a manager has control, they can make you forget how good a player is. And I, I feel like it happened with Kante, because I know a lot of people are saying um, so Kante, and we'll get onto that later. But mm. with Giroud as well, when, when they're not playing, I think people can just undervalue the assets we have. And I feel like the same thing with United. We see it with United. Like when people have an idea of, oh yeah, the fans have bonded with, Martial, Rashford yeah. and Greenwood as a starting three. Therefore, Cavani can just stay on the bench. But then you realise, why have we got the, our best number nine on the bench? It doesn't make any sense. And like, it's too competitive. This is not the German league. It's, it's way too competitive. To be um, around like that. But you know what, Alexis? So one of the reasons why um, there's leverage to keep like Giroud on the bench is because a lot of people say that he's not someone that can lead the line that's to start for a big club over time like maybe he can come in and have form but a lot of people say over time the mean will show that he's not good enough to start and they'll use his Arsenal form and the fact that he hasn't banged that many goals for Arsenal or the fact that he's almost like a Firmino striker for France where in the World Cup he played well but he didn't score that many goals so yeah what's your thoughts on that in terms of people say that Giroud can't lead the line for a big club I disagree with that. Um, I think Giroud is a completely different player to who he was when he joined Arsenal. If you look at his development, he's actually become a role model of like effectiveness and efficiency. He's, he's training hard. There's no bad press about him. When he first came, he was always in the papers about different girls cheating on his wife, doing like doing the dumbness like when you're young, what you do. Like, but yeah. so for me, I think it's nonsense because he plays for France. France have Martial, mm-hmm. France have Benzema, and if they didn't have an alternative, they would have ran back to Benzema. Mm-hmm. This is the modern day number nine. He doesn't have to get you crazy amount of goals. And I, people, I think people exaggerate how many goals he would get. Giroud could get you 15 goals in all comps, 15 to 18. And when you have Werner on the left wing, a Zayesh, a Pulisic, and a Hudson, the goals will come, like, will spread the wealth. Mm. Liverpool have proven you can have a number nine who gets you 10 goals and if you spread the wealth on the wings it's perfectly manageable and if anything you can flourish through it I mean unlocks them like Tammy can't do that I hear you but okay we've got Werner but Ziyech isn't a scorer like that so where Liverpool can have Firmino and Imani and Salah could pick up the slack yeah maybe a Werner can but do we have another winger Jay quickly coming to you What's your thoughts on the idea that Giroud at big club, considering his time at Arsenal, can't really lead the line for a whole season? 
Yeah, nah, just like you're talking about someone that was, uh, yeah, people will say it's just Europa League, but he was the top goal scorer in the Europa League. Do you know what I mean? Like, he's, he's <laughs> like right now, the Giroud that I'm watching, firstly, I, I, I don't really, need, he doesn't need to be scoring every game for him to be starting in my team, like, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Secondly, I just feel like what he gives you in terms of how he, like, like Alexis said, how he unlocks the players around you, I just feel like it's, it's, it's something that just shouldn't be ignored because it's such a hard thing to do. And it's partly why Firmino's probably got such a big backing from a lot of fans in terms of like trying to ignore the, the fact that he doesn't score goals is because what he does off the wall in terms of for Liverpool, I'm not going to lie, it is effective for them. Do you know what I mean? And, and, and it is important. So I'm never going to say it's not important. You do need goals from your striker, 100% you do. But I feel like Giroud does that. We're talking about a guy that just scored four goals in one game against Sevilla. Like, like yeah. you can use you can use the records from the past. That's cool, and you can try and use it to fuel your agenda for now. For 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 like a um, Giroud not being a consistent scorer or whatever. But um, for Chelsea and for what I've seen when he plays for Chelsea, Hazard yeah. has spoken so highly of Giroud. Talking about one of our best ever players to play for the club. Yeah talking how, how, how good it was to play with someone like that. Yeah. Now, you look at players like Havertz, you look at players like James, Ziyech, mm. all of these players, Werner, they're all going to benefit from Giroud playing in the team. Yeah. I, yeah. Can't, I can't say the same thing with my chest when Tammy plays. That's yeah. the problem. And it's when, no slight on Tammy, it's just that he's not there yet. Do you see what I'm saying? And like you said, we're a big club. Yeah. Um, and Alexis as well, like we, we were a massive club right now in terms of if you look at our success over the last 15 years, we, we're we not really slowing up. Yeah, we ain't won the Premier League for three years, but we're winning trophies in between that. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? We, there's always a trophy to be won at Chelsea. So we need someone that's going to be effective for us. And like, fair enough, you can go, go with the youth. I get where people are coming from. Yeah, you were calling for the youth. You wanted the youth to play. Yeah, that's true. Mm. But just because we want the youth to play, it doesn't mean that you're going to give a chance to every single player, even if they're not good enough. That, that, that doesn't make sense. Why would you do that? Do you youth is playing as well. Youth is playing right now. We've got Mount. We've got James. Hudson's <laughs> playing decent minutes. Pulisic is technically youth. He's 20 years old. Like you, quick, They should only play if they're good enough. And they a quick one be. as well. Alex, here's the thing. I, I thought you two was yin and yang. I thought you two was going to be arguing with each other, but you're all doing kumbaya. Yeah, we agree, Tammy. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's all good. Jake, what was you going to say? No, just the last one as well. I just wanted to say, like, in terms of the logic as well behind it, like, I feel like with Lampard, he's he's so focused on letting Tammy, you know, iron out the kinks in his in his in his armor in terms of like he's he's kind of ignoring some of the bad things that he's doing on the pitch and that. But there's a, there's certain other players that they're they're not putting really they're not really putting a foot wrong. But my man's mm. locked into that. Do you understand? And he's locked into it. And next thing you know, my man's not even in squads. So. Yeah. So come on, bro. Like let's let's stay consistent in it because Tammy well, is having shoddy games. Okay, so, so the next bit is a Tammy section anyway. But before we get on to Tammy, let's wrap up on Giroud. I think a lot of you guys said it. Hazard said he loves playing with him after he scored the four goals. Ozil was praising him, Seth was praising him. Let's not forget he linked up well with ballers at Arsenal. He links up well with ballers at France. He links up well with ballers at Chelsea. So this guy is someone that can play on the ground and mix it with the ballers but at the same time in the box he's got the physicality usually number nines aren't like that by the way usually number nines don't have the touch usually number nines aren't on the same wavelengths as your ballers but this is a player 
that is on the wavelength with the ballers, but at the same time, is Tammy scoring aerially? Like, we'll get onto Tammy, but like, aerially, the goals that he scores from headers, you shouldn't be able to score. They're so far away from the, the, the net. It's crazy. Like, the goal that he scores for the winner at Ren, even this goal with um, when Kante kind of crossed it in, like, he, like, he's such a good striker. It's so weird that he is our third choice striker. Don't, don't you feel like there should be an inquiry into the fact that he is third choice? <laughs> 100% there should be. It's like, mad. It's insane. Like, it's just madness, bro. And yeah. and the thing is, it is quite criminal considering, like I said, what he done last season. Like, it's 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 actually crazy. It's yeah. very, very crazy. And, and And like I said, it's so easy to forget because if he didn't if he didn't start this game, and I, I can't remember how many games he started, but if he didn't start this game, people would be like, yeah, yeah, he should probably go. We probably don't need him. He probably needs to, you know, um, play some games somewhere regular so he can get into the French team. And like, yo, we can win the league. And we have this number nine here who dragged us into the Champions League and you're just going to let him go. So, so yeah, I don't know if you guys have anything more to say on, to, on Giroud, but just before we move on, in our Discord, if you haven't joined the Discord, please join the Discord. Uh, I'm not even begging you, you should go there. It's for you, you'll enjoy it. But what we do is we do match ratings after each match. And so since we're in December, we've got the November match ratings. And so like all of our players, we know where they kind of like finish in the rankings. And Giroud finished sixth for November, um, but he only played one game. So I'll be telling you as we go along um, where these guys finish in our, our Discord rankings for November. Um, so Tammy... Now, Tammy finished 10th in the Discord rankings for November. He played three games, finished 10th. Tammy's actually been scoring, but I feel like we talked about in our other pods, his overall game hasn't been there. Now, the big question is, if we remember the Spurs game, Tammy missed loads of chances. And when we ended the game, a lot of people were saying, if Giroud was in that situation, he would have scored at least one of them. I know Jay just said it earlier as well. So Tammy's come off of a bad game. He didn't play in the game against Sevilla. We've got Leeds coming in the weekend. Giroud has just scored four goals. Alexis and Jay, tell me what, what does Lampard do? Or what do you think Lampard does? And what should Lampard do? In terms of who he starts at number nine, Tammy or uh, Giroud? And we'll start with Alexis. Um, I saw Lampard's post-match uh, press conference and he already like almost planted some seeds for Giroud not playing. He was like, oh yeah, he scored four goals, but it's a quick turnaround. Saturday game at his age, it's a little bit difficult. So for me personally, I've got a feeling Tam- Tammy's going to come back in. I don't, I don't know how you can justify that. I would rather he go with Timo Werner with that high line. I think we can exploit that um, that leads high line with Timo Werner, but I think Tammy's going to start and it's going to be another Frank Lampard meritocracy decision that I keep <laughs> hearing about. Before I go to Jay, you said that you think that... Um... Tammy's going to start. You said that you can see, you know, reasoning why you might put Werner number nine, because obviously to exploit the, the high line. But ultimately, who would you start if you was the manager? I personally would go with Giroud. I think Giroud being that basketball backboard that he normally is. Yeah. I have two wingers that are willing runners in behind. So maybe a Pulisic and Werner. I would maybe even rest Zayic personally or play him in the midfield role. Okay. Okay. But, yeah. Jay, give me some yin and yang. Don't, don't force it, but please, I'm, I'm itching for some yin and yang. So Alexis yeah, is no, set. No, I, I was going to say, I, I don't think, I don't actually think that that game is actually going to suit suit um, 
Okay, cool. As much in it, but thing is, um, I've got a funny feeling as well. He's been trying to force Pulisic a little bit, Lampard. So I think you might, for the first time this season, probably see Pulisic, Werner, and Ziyech against them Leeds. So you don't think Tammy? I don't think any of them are going to start. I don't think Tammy or Giroud is going to start. Why not Tammy? Why don't you think he's going to start? Um, just because of the Pulisic, Pulisic factor at the moment, I think um, Lampard's been looking, he's been itching. He just, he just, you can see it. He's itching to, to play Pulisic, bro. Okay. Like, he's forced Pulisic in, into the squad for Tottenham. Uh, clearly, for me, like, wasn't ready. Um, but he's forced him in anyway. He's even got him some minutes where he came on and did, you know, nothing. But, um, <laughs> but... But then, no, it's, it, obviously not his fault. He, he only had like a little bit, amount of time, innit? and anybody would have come on and probably did nothing that game. But um, apart from Giroud. But um, yeah, I feel like Werner's going to start up top and I think Pulisic will be on the wing with uh, Ziyech on the other side. And what would you do? What would I do? 100% I'm playing Giroud. I need, I, need more, I need more of that confidence. I need all of that. Because I feel like with Giroud, I think them Leeds guys, they've just come up. They're no mugs. They're no mugs leads. They're definitely no mugs. But I feel like where they're where they're going to be trying to go. They're trying to go punch for punch for punch with us, isn't it? I feel like that's how they're going to go into that game. I saw them against City. It was a very like up and down game. It was very end to end. I feel like they're going to try and make us fall into their trap of like going punch for punch. So it's going to be that end to end so that they can start exploiting gaps with the good football that they play. But I feel like um, if Giroud is there. Once we have that option to kind of like just miss out the whole midfield, yeah. go to Giroud and then just lay it off for players like Werner, Havertz yeah. if he's playing, um, you know, players like Ziyech with the passing ability that he's got to just find Giroud and Werner. Like I feel like it will be, it would be very effective against Leeds, and I don't think their centre backs would would know what hit them with with playing against someone like Giroud. Yeah, I mean, it's a weird one because, like I said, I don't necessarily feel like our, our forward line has that great a touch. Especially, I'm looking at Tammy. I'm I'm looking at Berner. Um, I think we need someone with a good touch to trap the ball. Like that's how we keep possession higher. And I feel like it's weird as well. Like like I said, Tammy's tall, but he's not necessarily good at aerial balls. And we've got so many crosses in terms of Reese James, in terms of you know Ziyech, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. We whip the ball in, and we can see what Giroud does. So, yeah. but let's talk let's talk about Tammy a little bit because, like I said, in the Discord rankings, he finished tenth, I think, out of fourteen. So that's not particularly high, but he's been scoring goals. So a lot of people will be saying Drew's actually been justified of being left out because Tammy's been scoring goals. But like I, I don't I feel like both all three of us were not particularly enamored by his overall game. Like, and again, the Spurs game, he missed a lot of chances. So yeah, just in general, I know you're saying for the next game, you'd probably start Giroud or like or Bernard over Tammy. But what do you think his role in the squad should be? Like, forget about Lampard but for the season, because obviously it's been our third striker. We've all said it's kind of weird and it's, 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 a, it's a, mas, you know, it's, it's a Mazzaline that he's our third striker. So, so what do you think um, Tammy's role should be in the squad? Well, I, I think uh, personally for me, I think it should be a thing where he should be the guy that's coming in and giving some of the starters like rest. Do you get what I'm saying? Or, or if, Lampard feels like there's a game where he could deal with he could do with two strikers up top and not not I'm not talking little and large 
I'm talking maybe two physical strikers that he wants up top to maybe bully bully the back line or whatever, then yeah, maybe he could put Tammy and Giroud on together because Tammy's got the ability to run him behind. So it wouldn't be like, it wouldn't be a, like a bad um, pairing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But but for me, like, yeah, it, it would be a thing where he would have to work to get into the team as a starter, but he'd have to be like, he'd be the guy that helps us rotate for, for games that are very close together, for games like against, it's, it sounds so harsh, but it's just, uh, it, it just it's just the level of the squad at the moment. You guys only do truth on Chelsea Hour. I've heard it too we many do, times. Man. Bro, it's, we, don't it's, we don't have connections like that. Do you know what I'm saying? I know a lot of other <laughs> podcast connections and they have to lie and they have to pander. I can hear the lies. I can hear yeah. it. The tone. Yeah. Alexa, since this is Chelsea Hour, you can tell the truth and you won't be admonished for it and you can come back. Be honest with me. And this is a hard one. I want you to tell me what do you think Tammy is good at? Like, talk, talk Tammy up to me, because I know that you're not necessarily in the camp. So I think it'll be interesting. Oh, talk him up. Sell right. me Tammy Abraham. Right. He's tall. <laughs> okay. <Yeah. laughs> no, all jokes aside. Uh, Tammy's... Uh, man, I'm, I'm struggling, because I don't... For me, I personally... He has no great attribute. His best thing is that he's mediocre at a lot of things. He's got a lot of passion. Okay. And... He knows how to wind up defenders to mm. the point where they leave him and stop marking him. I see that a lot. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. But the problem is he just doesn't finish enough chances. I'll struggle mm. to, like, hype him up. Now, I think with Tammy, though, like, let me be, let me, let me give him a little yeah, bit. Tell Tammy. Because Tammy, with Tammy, he does have good movement. That Tammy does have good movement. But the, but the problem is with Tammy, there's, I think there's different types. Because the thing is, there's strikers that are like foxes in the box, in it. People have tried to say that Tammy is this kind of like poacher, and he and he is to a degree, but there's a there's a little part of his game that he just hasn't perfected yet, which probably probably comes with age experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but he needs to work on on that, you know, just that split second quicker to the, mm-hmm. like get into the ball and anticipating, you know, where the ball's gonna go. Because I feel yeah. like a lot of strikers, a lot of strikers that are are called poachers or foxes in the box, they that's their bread and butter, like. They know exactly, they anticipate it so well. Hmm. So that's the first thing that I think Tammy needs to improve. But in, in terms of what he's good at, his movement, in terms of running in behind, he's often in the right places when he's ready to run in behind. The okay. problem is when he has time to think about his finish, uh-huh. that's when it gets sticky. Instinctive finishes, I feel like Tammy is very good at them. Agreed. Do you see what I'm saying? Like that, that Ooh, new pass, I don't that know new about pass. that, Jermaine. I think they were going to start disagreeing now. Okay, you know Every time there's a cross, he attracts chances. He's a magnet for that. Yeah. But the problem is he'll attract four and he'll miss four. And for me, that's you know, you're saying he's a good instinctive finisher. The, the chances on the weekend were instinctive finishes. Like he got on the wrong side of Dyer on numerous occasions, but he couldn't finish. And no, no, but that's, also, but that's also anticipation though, because what he's tried to anticipate, he's tried to anticipate the ball coming, like landing in a different position. And that's why he's ended up on the floor or he's ended up like, you see, for example, that Giroud header, Giroud yeah. already anticipated like where the ball's going. So yeah. he's got enough time now to adjust his body to then quit, like, to then um, direct it the way he wants to. Do you see what I'm saying? Because he anticipates where it's going. But yeah. with, with um, Tammy, what he would have done with that cross is because his anticipation isn't, isn't as good, he would have either ran too far forward or he wouldn't have he wouldn't have reached it in time. 
You see what I'm saying? But there's a difference. The funny thing is, I remember last season, I remember there was a game, I think it was Nottingham Forest in the cup. And I remember Batshuayi um, started. And I remember Reese James just came back after it was a long time. He was injured. And I think it was one of his first games back. And Reese James was doing what Reese James does. It was crossing balls into the box. And Batshuayi, I think Hudson was crossing into the box too. And Batshuayi missed like three or four chances. And a lot of people said, if Tammy was starting, he would have got there. And I know there's a lot of... It's, it's so easy to say, OK, if this striker was started, he would have got there. But I definitely think with Giroud, especially just, I, I feel like Giroud, not just at Chelsea, but in the whole Premier League, he's one of the best in the box. And I feel like, yeah, I think that's more a positioning thing. I think that when the ball falls to Tammy and he has to shoot, I think that's what you, Jane means by instinctive finishing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I exactly. think when it falls to his feet and he, like, he doesn't have much time to think and he shoots, he's really good at it. We saw it at the weekend when Werner slipped him through, didn't have much time to think. The exactly. finish was great. Finish was great. We saw it last season against Southampton when Hudson had done that, that lofted through ball and he didn't have much time because the keeper was coming up and he had like a split second do it and he'd done a nice little chip over. I feel like when the ball, even the, the hat trick that he got last time, Ooh, not yeah. last week, like when the ball falls to him, I think he's excellent. I actually think that's his superpower um, and that's what helps him score goals. I feel like overall, um, his performances have been great, but you have to give him credit for scoring goals. Let's oh, move on. Yeah, let's move on to Werner. When I spit bars in a when I go hard, that stand, stand. Hello, Mead here from Touchline Frackers. 2020 has already reshaped how we work, and it's almost over. So businesses all over the globe have been challenged to be their most efficient, and that means that every single hire that they have is critical. Indeed are the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the right person for your business. Unlike other job sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. So you only pay for what you need. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out for a free $75 credit at indeed.com forward slash blue wire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to indeed.com forward slash blue wire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. When I spit bars in a So Werner just, he came on and I don't think he had many highlights in Sevilla. He almost got a penalty because um, again, I think maybe his touch let him down in the box. Um, but yeah, in terms of Werner, um, our Discord ratings, he finished 5.84 for the November. He finished second from last. So this is like, you can score goals or whatever, but this is, I think people kind of like rate on performances. So like Werner's actually like, he's not performing great. Um, so like coming, coming into the game, coming into the, I know like he's our big signing and he's actually scored um, a lot of goals, but does any of you feel like maybe Werner should be dropped? I know Pulisic is back now. Um, Werner's touch is looking kind of horrible. Nobody really likes to see him on the left wing. Um, can you see a, a forward line, a starting forward line at Chelsea with Vernon not there? No, because Frank Lampard won't do it. Okay, but Lampard won't do it. But 
if you was in charge, would you be considering it? Yeah, because personally, I, I remember listening to a past podcast of yours and Palumi said something really interesting. Like mm-hmm. he rates him because he, he understands that he's a goal scorer, but he just doesn't cut, like, cut it for him. Yeah. And I'm, the exact, I'm in the exact same camp. I want a little bit more from my striker. I can live without the 25 goals, mm-hmm. but I can't live without the all-round secure touch. Yes. And I say, like, he's not a very good dribbler in tight spaces. Mm-hmm. He doesn't offer enough against teams with a low block. Like, it has to be one-touch bang. Mm-hmm. If you can hold a high line against him, he'll kill you because he'll knock it past you Aaron Lennon style and just boot. Yeah. But otherwise, I, I'm always left wanting more. And I think that's really sad when it's, meant to be your saving number nine or like saving chess piece like he's meant to be the one that we're meant to build around and i find yeah. that worrying that i'm not convinced yet jay yin mm. and yang. yeah no, i disagree completely bro. Oh, let's go i can't lie to you because i feel like right now he's not playing well and he's doing better than like a, like a ton of strikers in the premier league right now mm-hmm. like like that's facts like well how many go like how many times has he contributed to us like that um, scoring or him scoring himself or winning a penalty, yeah. assisting like this is this is a this is a poor Werner you're talking about. You know this is this is a like an an yeah. okay Werner because we've seen him on fire. This is Wait, not Werner on fire. We've seen him on fire. Where? Like fair enough, we've seen him in the in the in the Bundesliga. We've seen him for Germany. We've seen him for Germany. <laughs> seen him for Germany. Bangles. on that straight away. He's he's seen, he's seen him for Germany bangles. So the thing is, God. thing is with Werner. Remember as well the way he's playing left wing. I don't. I I, I didn't watch um, Leipzig a lot, but I mm-hmm. I very much doubt that the way Lampard's got him playing left wing is similar to the way he was playing at, at, at Leipzig. Because I feel like he was more of a striker just on the left at Leipzig, whereas the way he plays on the left here, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like a striker. I feel like he's got too much. He's got too much to do on the wing, and that's why a lot of people have marked him down in ratings because. Werner's getting the ball and he's having to do the things that wingers do and he's not a winger. Let's so I'm not mad at that. You see what I'm saying? But when you see goals like the one against Tottenham where he just peels back, which is great movement, peels back, everybody gets sucked in, he peels back, um, chills on the D and then just slaps it bottom corner. Nobody ain't doing that for us apart from but Werner. Then, hold on, but then if you're going to play him like that, right, he either has to play number nine or he has to play on the left wing. Yeah, but it's the, it's the manager's job as well to get the team playing towards Werner's strengths. Remember, we bought yeah. him, he's our number nine, yeah? He's, he's meant uh-huh. to be our guy. Werner's not the one to blame right now for the way he's playing. I don't, I don't think it is. I think a lot of it is to do with the way we're feeding him the ball and, okay. and um, um, reacting to his runs and his movements. They're still getting to know him, innit? So. So, so you're not necessarily taking off the left wing, but you're thinking we should change our approach to getting, in, getting him in the game. Yeah, because I feel like I just I watch Werner do too much dribbling at times on that left wing, and I don't think that's what he's on the left. I don't think that's what he's on the left for, and I don't think he was played like that in Germany either. What did you think about his performance against Spurs, Jay? Against Spurs, I thought, yeah, I thought it was pretty poor to be fair, but at the same time, I feel like both attacks were quiet. I think it was just a game of you know a defensive mouse. At the end of the day, we were great defensively. Spurs were very good defensively two teams that haven't conceded that many goals this season. Mm-hmm. It was probably stacked against the attackers from the get-go. Let's not forget, Kane, Kane didn't say a word that game. He's the best striker in the league. You see what I'm saying? So, like, 
there you go, innit? That tells you everything you need to know about that game. So do, you think, so do you think if he was playing as a central striker, his touch will be better, he'll look better. Palumi will start to fancy him as a player. Because don't forget, he started the season up front and, and, mm. and Palumi still wasn't having it, so... But do you know what the maddest thing is, Dan? You, you, like, he shouldn't be getting into positions where he needs to be playing back to goal and touches and all of this. Yeah. That's not Werner. That's yeah. not Werner, bro. Werner is literally, get the ball, get him through, and he will slap. Get him through and he will slap. That's all we need to figure out. Once we figure out how to do that and try and get him the chances, because we saw against them, was it Southampton, when he got the few chances? Obviously, he missed the lob. And then straight after that, he just slapped the, the second chance in that he got after that. But when you start getting him through like that, regularly in games, I don't think there's any question about Werner being our top scorer. Alexis, has Jay convinced you in, in the slightest? No, man, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, if, if anything, I'm starting to think about what Nagelsmann said after the quarterfinal in the Champions League. I remember he was like, we wouldn't have been able to play this way if Werner was here. And he, yeah. he took indirect shots at him. He and did. for me, yeah, and for me personally, it's just, it's Jay's right, 100%. It's up to Lampard to get the best out of his chess piece. This is, this mm -hmm. signing is signed to his name now, forever. Like, if, he, if Werner flops, it's, it's going to be assigned to Lampard. But personally, I think we've got better options in mm. the bigger games. Like, I'd rather prefer a Pulisic or a Hudson-Odoi on the left wing when there's, like, teams like Spurs coming and sitting back. But if there's space in behind, mm. play him number nine. A I don't like one, him left quick, quick one, though. Yeah. That, that Newcastle run weren't, weren't space in behind, though. Yeah. yeah but in, Big man thing. That, that, that Newcastle run, if that was Pulisic or another man, man would have been going crazy. The thing is, because Werner's not a winger and he's not saucy like that, Mandem are not really going to acknowledge too much when he does those kind of things. But with Werner, I'm telling you this from now, you know, just another thing on that Nagelsmann thing, yeah? Nagelsmann had a lot of chat, but when his Mandem were getting chances to slap it in the net, what were they doing? What were they doing? Uh -huh, they, weren't, they weren't slapping it in the net, bro. And Werner... You know what, Jermaine? You said about the Newcastle one. But there was four other occasions where Werner tried something like that and his touch was so no. poor. Lascelles was just booting it out for throw-ons. No, but you know that, like, chance where, that, ch that chance where he missed, though? I think yeah. where he'd seen the keeper, because that keeper's in mad form, and where he'd seen yeah, the yeah, keeper yeah. make a couple of good saves, I think he just overfought the finish. Whereas no, 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 no I wasn't even talking about the finishes. I was just talking oh. about his general dribbling. I don't like his general dribbling. He, no, he no, but that's what I'm too saying. erratic for me. But that's what I'm saying, though. Like... We're not meant to, bro, because he's not a winger like that. Yeah, like it's we're not meant to. All right, all right, all right. Okay, cool. Let's let's wrap it up there because we talked about Pulisic and Hudson, and it's crazy because it's almost like they're competing for a spot with Werner because in this four three three, and I guess we're I'm taking we're all happy with the four three three and we want it to stay. Werner is definitely an option for there. So Pulisic is back, and ever since Pulisic has been back. So Pulisic, actually, he's not figured on the rankings for November because he just hasn't played that much. But ever since Pulisic has been back, I don't think his performances... I'm talking about, like, even before he got injured again, I don't think his performances have been that great. Now, when he was playing in Project Restart, we all know he was one of our best players we talked about earlier in the pod. And, um, yeah, do you feel like Pulisic can ever get to that back to that position as being, like, Chelsea's best player, now with signed players? Um, and, like, a a short starter, um, Jay? Um, I think he can get back to it. My thing is, I, I don't know how many games it's going to take him to start to like get going again. Because one thing, I know like after Project Restart, he comes straight in and he done really well. Mm -hmm. um, 
But there were still parts of games as well, even in those games where he done well. Like, I think even the Palace game, I think nothing really happened for him in that game until he slapped that one with his left foot. Like, when he slapped that goal in with his left foot. But, like, in terms of the overall gameplay and, and what he was involved in, I don't think a lot was happening. And I think when when Pulisic has games like that and he doesn't slap or he, does, like, he doesn't score or he doesn't assist, starts to get sticky because now, all of a sudden, you've got a winger who... Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna compare him to William, but like, um, <laughs> you've got a winger. I, I want to. I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this because I'm. I'm a big Pulisic fan, but yeah. I do feel like I like my wingers. You see how we talked about Mane and Salah. You know when they're not having good games, mm-hmm. the man they are still annoying. You know, you, yeah. you, you still feel like you still got a feeling in you that yo, I don't, I don't need this guy near my goal. Do you get what I'm saying? But with I feel like with Pulisic, when he's having like when he's just not in the game. He's like definitely not in the game. You see what I'm saying? And what did you think? What do you think about the severe game? Because he started um, his first start, obviously since the injury. What do you think about? Yeah, it? like again, I just feel like really, like really, probably quite a bit like rusty in that. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a yard off the pace in terms of he he probably needs a couple games to get back to his normal self. Obviously coming back from injury, so I'm not really worried about that. But he was snatching at, at mm-hmm. shots a bit, and I see what you said, Dan, about how. Um, a lot of the players I think in attack are thinking now apart from probably Ziyech because I think his role is a little bit different yeah. to everybody else's but players like Havertz players like um, Pudisic players like Hudson they're all looking to slap early because that is the easiest way to get in the door at the moment if you're yeah. scoring you're starting in Hudson's no, case no Hudson the door you, case, you, scored, so you get dropped in it yeah, yeah I was going to say in Hudson's yeah. case not so much we'll get onto that though we'll get onto that but, yeah. but with Pudisic I know for a fact he's probably thinking he's probably thinking project restart. I, I started scoring goals and that's how I kept my place in the team. So I need to start doing the same thing. Yeah. So I get it, but at the same time, let's you know let's stay. I want him to be a threatening winger throughout the whole game. I need you to be stepping on next because I don't think we can afford for our wingers to just be ghosting through games and coasting through games yeah. when players like we've just spoke about Werner and him not scoring the amount of goals that we not that we thought he was going to score, but you'd want him to be scoring straight away. So we're going to need a lot of the wingers to be performing as well. Yes, yeah. Alexis. So first question, um, do you feel like Pulisic can be our best player again, like the way he was Project Restart? Or a lot of people said he was our best player anyway. But yeah, so what's your thoughts on that in terms of if he can, after the signings, be like that focal player for us? And then secondly, what do you think about his game um, at Sevilla? I think, man, he really impressed me in that project restart. Like, I, I liked what I saw. Like, if anything, it was a small sample size, but it was encouraging. Yeah. So, could if he play, could he get back to that standard and maybe better? Hopefully, yes. I do think he can because he's got that American sportsman <laughs> attitude, man. He's like, yeah, I'm going to do it no matter what. Like, you want to yeah. buy six wingers, I'll be better than them. Yeah. So, like, I like that attitude. And if anything, he's the one, if he, he gets dropped, he comes back super sane, like, yeah. even stronger. But for me, Lampard needs to manage him right. This guy is injury prone. Like, people hate it when I say that. I'm going to say it. Mm-hmm. He get, he's had four injuries, and I think he's missed a third of the, like, out of his contract. At the, a third of the time, he hasn't been, like, fit to play. Yeah. But, Joe, and for me... When someone's like that's coming back from injury, just play Hudson, yeah. play Werner, play Zayesh. You've got options. 
You don't yeah. have like, you're not playing Mason Mount out of position. Like you're not forced to play him. And that's what yeah. I don't understand. Like before, before he got in, re-injured himself, I was shocked that he played, I think it was three games in seven days. I was like, this guy just came back from an injury, rushed back, yet you're playing him again. This, I don't understand Frank Lampard, innit? I think he gave him the number 10, so he thinks he's Eden Hazard now. Yeah. So he's going to have to play him. And I don't think that's right. He's, he's, he's made an imprint. In people's yeah. head, people aren't going to forget Project Restart. But I think one thing that you mentioned, you're right, is I don't think many people see Pulisic as an injury-prone winger. So I think that's why he's used as a normal winger. But you're right. He is very, like, ever since he's been here, even at Dortmund, one of the reasons he was in and out of the team was injuries. And, like, he hasn't seemed to have shaken it off. But, yeah, um, what did you think about Sevilla, his severe performance? If it, it, his severe performance reminded me of Salah, minus the quality, like, productivity. He just shoots <laughs> on site. Every time he sees goal, he shoots. And yeah. that's how he's going to get numbers. Like, he... He, he's one of those that I think he will get 15 all comps every season. Just like once he's a consistent starter because he shoots so much and mm. he's, so, he's starting to become aggressive. I think he believes now he's one of the better players in the team. Yeah. So he does, and he doesn't need to play with a chip on his shoulder. And if he takes a shot, if someone says something, he'll be like, okay, whatever. Yeah, but he's, he's, also, he's also playing with no, with no, um, there's, there's obviously, we're going to get onto him, I know. I don't want to mention him too much, but there's one winger that's playing a little bit like treading on eggshells. And yeah, and another, I don't like it. Another, I don't like it because... Winger, and then you've got another winger who he kind of... I think right now, I don't know what's been said. Obviously, I could be wrong, but I feel like right now, Pulisic almost feels like he can do no wrong. And when you're in that space as a player, you, you play so much more freely. Mm. Do you understand? Like ZH could give the ball away 50 times. I'm sure Lampard said to him, you're my guy on the right wing, bro. Don't worry about it. So, yeah, Ziyech is playing free. Do you know what I'm saying? Um, Pulisic playing free. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? And when you're so, in... We're going to get on to him, but just wrapping up on Pulisic, obviously he's growing the beard. I, I feel like Alexis is right. It's got a little bit of toxic masculinity. Doesn't care what anyone's saying. Just shooting. I think it was horrible. Um, Mr. Steal Your Girl right now. Yeah, like, like the confidence is is like, do you know when Drake got the beard and all of a sudden, like, you know, he started acting like a gangster. Like that's Pulisic all over. But that, I feel like his actual performance was so bad because of the selfishness. Like yeah. if you're selfish, you have to score. But he kept on shooting and it's like he had better... There was a couple of really good counterattacks where he had options and like he just went for the shot. And it reminded me of Mount last season where he was desperate to score. And I feel like that's a Lampard thing. I think Lampard encourages them to score so much that it can become a little bit detrimental. And that's what I didn't like about Mount last season. Thankfully, Mount's not like that, but I'm seeing it more and more in Pulisic. Um, I- some, it's the good and the bad. Sometimes if that goes in, then you know you're a hero. But they, like yesterday, he was definitely a villain. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk Lampard about- needs to nip that on the bud though straight away because if if players start scoring like aiming to score every game w- without doing the right thing mm, that can that- become a problem really quick yeah. like, I remember Pep Guardiola Henri once told a story about Pep Guardiola um, he got a hat trick and Pep shouted at him at the end of the game Yeah, he was like you didn't stick to your position you didn't put the team first yeah. and yeah that will cost us in big games the thing is that the issue is Lampard, there's a story about Lampard and apparently what he used to do when he was playing, I think Jermaine saw it because in the chat, but sometimes he would underhit passes to the striker because if he underhit it, 
he knew that a striker would have to pass it back to him so he can get into a better position to score. So that's the mentality of the manager in terms of scoring is everything. And you scoring is everything. It's even more important that you score than the team does well. So I just feel like that's why I feel like you see the manager's imprint on, on these players. And I feel like that's kind of what you saw in Mount when he was playing in attack, just wanted to score. And there was plenty of opportunities last season where he should have passed, but he, he took the shot. And I think you're seeing that a bit in Pulisic now. But on to hudson Doy. Hudson Odoi in the Discord rankings for November. He actually finished third, so he's, he's doing good. Um, yeah, but he only played one game to kind of to caveat and to put um, this game up. But he played that one game. I can't remember what that one game is, but he played well. Um, so yeah, yeah. Sevilla, I think one of the so like like Jay kind of set up. Pulisic playing carefree, Ziyech playing carefree. With Hudson Odoi, he's almost got tasks to show Lampard. And I think one of them that he's been criticised for is his work rate. And I think what we've seen recently is Hudson working hard defensively, getting back, pressing high. And do you guys feel like, number one, first talk about how you think he plays against Sevilla. And do you feel like that could be a detrimental thing? Because obviously, as a winger, your first job is to do a job in attack over defence. We'll let um, Jay go. Yeah, I think I think um, him having to play with this kind of ah, oh, the manager's watching me kind of thing. Like, yeah. obviously the manager's watching everybody, but you know sometimes the manager's just homing in on one guy. Like, yeah. yo, like I'm watching you, bro. Like, don't just step over because you yeah. know. <laughs> yeah, and I feel like obviously I could be wrong, but my impression is that um, like I feel like. Hudson is is not being completely himself as a winger. You only have to go back to when I know it's a silly thing to compare a real game to like probably a preseason game, but if you just look at his his whole body language, his body language and the way he came onto the scene. Don't say that Arsenal game. No, no, he but he didn't respect anybody, and I yeah. feel like now Hudson is not. I don't think he's playing like that anymore. Mm-hmm. I feel like Hudson is playing in a way where. He's holding himself back a little bit, mm-hmm. and when he's when he's got players one on one, if it isn't like a, he's 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 thinking much more about his decision making, which isn't always a bad thing. But then sometimes you're acting too safe, so sometimes yeah. you're you're just passing it back to Aspie because you know, like yeah, cool, I'm not going to lose the ball. Let me just pass it off, pass it off, and it's still good little good things that he's doing, like good touches, good passes into the midfielders, good runs that he's making, scored yeah. a good goal against Rem, um, a, a great cameo against West Brom. But there's more from Hudson. Do you know what I'm saying? There's much more to come from Hudson, but you're not going to see it yet because right now he's so focused on just getting into the team. Yeah. And I don't think you can get to your best by playing like that. I feel like you need to have the confidence of the manager yeah. to say to you, go out there, enjoy your football and do what you know what everybody knows you can do. Like yeah. I don't care if you lose the ball a couple of times doing this or doing that. Just, you know, be yourself. Be like fearless, yeah. but I don't think Lampard's saying these things to him. I really don't. I feel but, like... then, but then it's 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 generally a handicap anyway because before the game he always says this is his chance. He has to take it. So he's the watcher. He's watching. He's like, I'm watching you. I'm watching you on your defensiveness. I'm watching you on if you can score and be important in the game, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Alexis, on what do you think about Hudson Odoi's performances and just literally the kind of the watcher thing from Lampard? I think the watching thing is so accurate. I actually think before the game, 
he has almost checkpoints he has to hit. Like, I need to make 10 runs direct in behind. I need to close down this many times. Mm-hmm. It's, it's too safe. It's too structured. Every mm-hmm. time I've seen Hudson be good, he plays mm-hmm. off the cuff. Like, yeah. it's like there was one, I think, two weeks ago when he did that chip pass to Chilwell. Oh, that was great. Burnley. Yeah, and it's it just highlighted what he's good at. He's got vision that an average player wouldn't have. He's mm-hmm. got great potential. He's got starting caliber potential for Chelsea, and mm-hmm. we just need to harness it and play him. I think it's bang out of order. There's favoritism to the nth degree when you actually think about it. He's come back. He's put in the hours. Mm-hmm. He's hired a new coach. We actively know that these stories are true. Mm-hmm. He's performed well. He got the. What he, he came on and changed the game against West Brom, and then he's rewarded with what Krasnodar plays well, gets du- dumped again, and it, it's just one, is one foot in. It's like Lampard waits for him to fuck up, so yeah. then you're you're out of the team for three weeks. But I remember Joe Cole was on either BT or Sky, and he was talking about how Lampard before I think it was the actual the um, severe game, and he said that Lampard this is a perfect situation for him because if a Hudson performs, then he's got a player that, again, is, is performing. And if he doesn't, then he can say, oh, well, this is why you can't play. And as a manager, I don't know if Joe Cole's been speaking to Lampard, but as a manager, you shouldn't be looking for excuses not to play some players. Do you know what I mean? That if- Joe Cole needs to get off my TV, you know. I've had enough of him as being a pundit. As much as no, I love right, him as man. a player, he's yeah. All right. He's all right. No slander, Joe pisses- Cole. <laughs> he pisses no, me off, man. I like Joe Cole too, but go on. This is what Alexis is here for. Go on. <laughs> He frustrates me. It's like, you can tell he works for the club. Yes, you can. That's you the- can so tell he works for the club. Everything he says is, it, it, it's what Jamie Redknapp says. Oh, he's, he's my yeah. cousin. I'm not going to criticise him. Oh, Frank's doing well. Like, yeah. we should be so proud of him. This squad is fantastic. Use it and be fair. That's all we ask for. All right, but... Going back to Hudson, though, quickly. Sorry, Dan. Just, just to follow on from when we was even talking about Tammy, this is what I meant by that, the whole thing of, um, you know, like you're, you're scrutinising certain players um, and some are playing, some are, like two are playing bad. They have mm. bad performances, but one starts the next game regardless. Yeah. The other one, the other one's completely out of the squad. And this is my problem. Like with Hudson, there's so many things that are happening to him at the moment that I think a lot of people don't understand. Like, the whole thing with Tottenham and being out of the squad, people are like, oh, yeah, Lampard had a chat with him and, and, yeah. and, and you know, let him know that he was going to play the game against Sevilla. Bro, I'm not, like me as a player, I'm not stupid. I know my team's through already, bro. Like, yeah. so whatever you say to me is cool. I'm going to take it, you know, I'm going to take it like a, like, a, like, a, like a man, like a player mm-hmm. that has to, do you know what I'm saying? And I'm going to play when I get the chance and try and take it. But... I know what's happening, bro. Like you've just left me out of the biggest game of the season after I scored. Yeah. After I scored in a match yeah. that we needed to win, the match against Rennes was more important than the match against Sevilla. Yeah. Like, like you cannot be telling me that just because you had a conversation with a player saying, "Oh, you're going to play the next game," that it's okay to be left out of the squad for Tottenham. Like I, that for, for a player that wasn't even fit. Yeah. Wasn't fit. So. Yeah. All these men talking about, oh, yeah, yeah, it's good management, it's this, and no, it's not. Because no, it's not, it's shit management. This is Chelsea Hour, so this is like, maybe it's our USP, I don't know, maybe it's our place in the Chelsea universe, but I know a lot of people are going to make any any decision Lampard makes, they they look for a way to say why it was right. But looking at man's confidence, bro. Yeah, and so my question, actually, my question, wait, Dan, Dan, can I add on that? Yeah, no, no, yeah, quickly. So I was going to say, in retrospect, 
in retrospect, was the decision, did we overreact the fact that Hudson was in the squad for Spurs? No, because for me, the issue is, right, you destroyed his confidence fully. You reward people for performances. You don't punish them. Like, at the end of the day, he looks around, yeah, Saka, same age, plays mm. regularly for Arsenal. Sancho is being considered as golden boy. Mm-hmm. In his head, he knows he's as good as those guys, if not better. But yet, he's not even being considered for that plane for the Euros. Yeah, that like that matters to people. Like those accolades at young ages are like your chance to put your market on your begin the initial stage of your legacy. And he's missing out on all that because there's an is an agenda. It's nothing else but an agenda. He doesn't like him, and he. And that's why he doesn't play him. Is that an agenda or is that just a manager not fancying a player? Like, he doesn't have to like him. It's that, Dan. It's definitely that. I think the thing is, what people shouldn't do also is force Lampard to want to like the type of player that Hudson is. He might just right. like, he just might not like that type of player. There's bare managers yeah. like that. Jose Mourinho will come out here and tell you that he don't like fucking Ronaldinho, bro. There's nothing you can do about it. Man, them, yeah. the, the, the man don't like Joe Cole doing Rabonas and that. But he was effective yeah. in the end for Jose. Do you get what I'm saying? But, but, there's just certain managers that like a certain player and they like a certain way of them like playing and it fits their style and it is what it is at the end of the day. Like, yeah. but, but my thing is, don't come, like you're coming in the press and you're saying things like, oh, he's, he's been training well. Bro, why are you telling me about training? I watched Donny score a goal last game, bro. Why are you telling me about training? Yeah, yeah, What's yeah. there not to like though? This is what I don't understand. He works hard. He's got a great work ethic. Um, He's productive. If you look at his numbers, I think yeah. he's got six goals in Europe, right? Second highest goal scorer in the last two seasons for us. Mm-hmm. Like, what's there not to like? I don't understand. This. The mistakes I, I, Pulisic makes, Hudson makes. So why is one getting more minutes than the other? Like, He didn't really like... I, I feel like this. I, I feel like he didn't really like Pulisic last season. I think the reason why he didn't like Pulisic last season is what Jermaine referenced earlier in terms of ghosting in matches. So you can see that he could dribble, but... Sometimes you watch a match and you just don't see Pulisic for ages. And I think what Lampard likes to see is just hard work in terms of not I'm just tracking my um, players, but I'm everywhere. I'm always on my toes. I'm always working. And I think the severe match, actually, you saw Hudson pressing like a Lampard player. And I think one of the reasons why he doesn't like Hudson is because I feel like, I think I've said this before, but I feel like that, that edginess, that cockiness that Jay said that he saw from Hudson first and foremost when he first came in, I don't necessarily feel like Lampard likes that too much. He feels like Hudson should be humble because he's a young guy and he shouldn't be as cocky. And at this point, he has to prove that he's that good before showing the cockiness. And I feel like that can take the edge off the player. The cockiness you want isn't going to be there. And I think with Hudson Odoi, I just feel like if he was a bit more direct as well, because I think one of the reasons why he bought Ziyech is as soon as Ziyech gets the ball, he's going to cross the ball in. As soon as Bernard gets the ball, you know, he's going to try to do something urgent. I don't feel like Hudson's an urgent player. And I know we talked about earlier in terms of Jay wants Hudson. You want a bit more urgency for Hudson. Take someone on, et cetera, et cetera. Mm. I feel like if you really do study his games, even, even the Arsenal game, the first Arsenal game in preseason that people love to talk, talk about, this is Hudson and this is Hudson at his best. Hudson's someone that isn't necessarily going to force things through. He wants to work with people to unlock a team. Do it by himself. And I feel like that, like, I feel like even Lampard, after the severe game, he might be a little bit underwhelmed or frustrated by 
Hudson because Hudson will do like he'll get the ball on a wing and like the goal that um, Giroud scored where Kante was a wing and Kante just crossed it in. Hudson might not have done that. He might have slowed it down and passed it into infield to try to look for a one-two. And I feel like Lampard just likes direct players. So I feel like what I feel like if Hudson Odoi goes away, because I think that when Lampard first came in, he liked the idea of Hudson from everything he's seen. So I feel like if Hudson goes away and he plays, let's say, on loan for the rest of the season at Leeds, I think that Lampard will probably like him again because he'll see over a period what he can offer the same way he's seen over a period what Pulisic can offer when he gave him a start. And I feel like just because he hasn't seen that, he doesn't rate him as highly. I don't. I think. I think that's my opinion of it anyway. Well, probably no. I think that's a fair shout. I think it probably yeah. is, and it happens a lot. Like you're not too sure about a player, and then they go somewhere and they uh-huh. and they show you exactly what they can do, and then they come back. Like. Even happened to with Zuma to a degree, like in a way, like Zuma was at Everton, had a decent little spell at Everton, and you were reminded, like, how good of a centre back he was again. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's happened with Giroud. It's happening with Giroud right now. Like, you can forget what a player can do, and it's literally at this point that Hudson's not playing that regularly, so you can't see Hudson's body of work the same way we was able to see Mount across a full season. So everybody knows what Mount is capable of. Everyone knows what Tammy's capable of. We haven't really get, had that with Hudson, but yeah. Um, is, is there any more on Hudson? It reminds me of Daniel Sturridge. Remember when, yeah. once AVB got sacked and Di Matteo, he just, no matter what Sturridge did, he weren't going to play because play. He, there was already premeditated decision made. Yeah. And then he moved on and you saw what kind of player he was at Liverpool. Like. Di, Matteo, Di, Matteo, Di Matteo said that actually, he said that Daniel Sturridge thinks he's a striker. Because don't forget, I don't know if you know, but he would... He would never play him striker. And he said yeah, that right wing. thinks he's a striker, but he's not. And then he went to Liverpool and the rest is history. Just, but, a quick, just the last one on Hudson in terms of like, just to speak about, I know we spoke about a lot of political things, but yes. just to touch on his game like this season as well. I think one thing I've been impressed with with him is that he's been doing something that a lot of our players haven't been doing, mainly obviously our wingers. <clears throat> and even Werner as well, which is, um, he done it against, the, against Brighton in the friendly before you know the one friendly that we had just before the season started he, he, he ran in behind and he and he was making those runs getting in behind for like players like Ziyech and that to find him he's done it against, against Renz now as well um I feel like he's, he's he's one of the few wingers at the moment that's doing that for us and I think it'll be worth looking at for Lampard in terms of trying to get in behind some of these teams because I don't think a lot like I don't think the wingers are doing it enough I, I don't think Pulisic is that type of player I don't think Werner Werner can do it and I think he has done it here he just hasn't been found quick enough um, and then Ziyech is a different type of winger altogether. So I think Hudson's got a lot to give us this season, man. Yeah. We just, hopefully, we've just, we've just got to hope that he probably gets more. more I mean, I mean, I'm not going to hope because um, <laughs> I, I know the writers and all. But another thing, um, yeah, I actually forgot to mention it. But I think what was important and what we could see from the severe game is Hudson is one of the only wingers that actually sticks high and wide. And I, I, I don't. Sometimes it's subtle, and I don't think people can see the effectiveness of it so but if you think about that first goal that Giroud scored where we we it was a great goal from the the back to the front because we worked it well through the defense it came to Jorginho and then it came up to Havertz and obviously Havertz was traveling down the field with the ball and because Hudson stuck to the right and he was really and we all heard Pep talk about stay wide right and the effectiveness of that is that the fullback had to factor in Hudson Odoi and that gave space for the ball for Havertz to put the ball into Giroud, just because the fullback couldn't cl- he couldn't close down Giroud. He had to kind of think, and and just that in terms of having that 
outlet as well. I know it was more in the second half, but having that outlet to always come to um, Hudson Odoi, yeah, I think that's one of the things that only he does. I know Ziyech kind of does it, but when he does it, then he'll kind of dribble back. But yeah, mm. he's got a lot to offer. He's got a lot to offer. When I spit bars in a man, I go hard like Football is back in full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.com. AG. That's blue wire, all one word. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Moving on from Hassan Adoye, Ziyech is actually Discord man of the match, or man of the month, sorry. He got 7.99. Um, so obviously he's been doing well, but recently, just recently, so I think after the, the severe game when he came on, I started to see actually some negative things about ZH um, being tweeted, etc., and put in a Discord saying that, um, okay, so against Spurs, he was poor. I think we can both agree. All agree, yeah? Mm-hmm. Um, certain people are just saying that he's a cross merchant now. So I just, I, obviously, he's done well. He's Discord mad at the month. But is there anything that you're seeing about ZH that you're thinking, okay, cool, he's a good player, but, but mm, maybe there's something missing? Not for me. I think um, I saw enough in even that Sheffield United game where, like, he done a few different things. Like, it weren't all just crosses and that. Um, yeah. And at the end of the day, that's his secret weapon. At the end of the day, so I'm not even really going to complain too tough. It we like. I think we've spoken about this before. ZH is going to be one of them guys, especially when the fans get back into the stadium. You're going to get frustrated with him sometimes. You will. Yeah. But if you remember in that game. He come on for like I think what fifteen minutes yes uh, on Wednesday against Sevilla, and um, straight away he nearly found Werner. Yeah, it was literally like just a yard off in mm. terms of timing, but that's just what Ziyech is. It, he'll do it three four times, but he will find you. And I think it's just that understanding against Tottenham again. It wasn't an attacker's game. I will say that all day long. Like that game had there were no positives for any attackers in that game yeah. anybody you see yeah. what I'm saying so so if you want to home in that game on that game you can but like you know like I said the Spurs were sitting quite deep ZH yeah he probably could have tried a few different things but if he had shot you probably would have just said the same thing as it why are you shooting the, like yeah. you know it, there was nothing really on for yeah. for us in in that game to be honest with you but with ZH I think yeah you just got to bear with him for a little bit. He's still getting to know the league in it and he's still, I think, getting to know his own teammates and they're getting to know him. And once that all clicks, it hasn't... I know a lot of people thought, yeah, it's clicked already. Nah, bro, it doesn't click after two games. Like, <laughs> give him time in it. You just... Yeah, yeah, again, like you said, Discord, Discord man of the month, so it's not like he's been playing bad. Alexis, what, what's your thoughts on Zich? Like, 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 the same way I said, hype me up, Tammy, give me the negative about Zich. If anything, I think the negative for him is maybe his physicality. I didn't realise he was that slow across the ground. 
Mm-hmm. I thought he'd be a little bit faster, but at the same time, I didn't think he was going to be extremely fast. Mm-hmm. He tries the Hollywood ball a lot, but mm-hmm. that's what you were buying. Like mm-hmm. you, you need to know the profile of player you're buying. And for me, that that's when we bought him. I thought this is what we're gonna get. Someone mm-hmm. Bruno Fernandez type in a sense. Every pass needs to be the killer pass, the in-swinging cross. When it works, it looks perfect. When it doesn't, you're gonna moan. But I think fans are just being nit- they're nitpicking. So but for you, does he start on? Is he like a starter no matter what? Whenever he's- yeah. yeah, for me, I think the right wing is nailed down. Okay. We have a few positions in our team that are guaranteed nail downs, and the right wing is Ziyech, okay. and then the left wing's up for grabs. Okay. And all right, so let's move on to Havertz. Havertz again. Hasn't played that much this uh, November, so he's not really in the, the rankings. But Havertz against Sevilla, that's his first start since his COVID. Um, obviously, he set up the goal. Um, what do you think about his overall performance, Jay? I thought it was decent. I think with Havertz, me, I've got a lesser expectation to a lot of people. I think a lot of people, because they're, they're focused on the goals and assists that he got prior to coming here, mm. I think a lot of them are just, they're not even just watching his general gameplay. They just make they're just waiting to see what they saw against Sevilla. Oh, like the the run and the the assist. Football, yeah. football's not all about that. Obviously, that they're the important things and they're what win games. But um, when you actually watch the game in detail, Havertz is crazy on another level, bro. Like he's that, pass that he did for Hudson Odoi. Yeah, he's just different class, bro. Yeah. Different class. Like his touches, his speed of thought. Yeah, makes space for himself. His, his confidence in terms of where he receives the ball, he does, like, he's got, one of my favourite things he does now is, like, he, he receives the ball on the half turn and he almost, like, o- always spins the man yeah. to then go on that long kind of drive. And he's deceptively quick as well. Like, you think he's not going to get away from the play. And then all of a sudden, you start seeing him making yards. It's like... Gallops. Yeah, proper, bro. And I think yeah. the way he glides across the pitch when he, when, he, um, when he starts dribbling with a ball, I think, yeah, it's a joy to watch, man. Kaka, do you know when Kaka, he doesn't necessarily yeah. look like a fast player, but when he's travelling, all you see is like a, a, a space opening up. Between exactly, him. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alexis, what, do you, what were your thoughts on Havertz against Sevilla and Havertz in general? Havertz came back from COVID-19. Like, what else do you expect from him? He had a decent game. For me, Havertz in general, we need to be patient with this guy. You already see like, at his young age how talented he is. Mm-hmm. Like, I think people... It's not even Chelsea fans, it's opposition fans. Oh, yeah, like, he cost 70 million, blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. We'll nurture him, we'll develop him. It's Lampard's job for me now to, like, he doesn't even have to start every game. Pick and choose his games, slowly ease him back into the starting 11. And mm-hmm. he just so, every everything for him, like, even when there's a man on him, it looks like he's got time. Yeah. And I know that's, like, such a cliche thing to say, but... No, Everything's done at his pace. He yeah. dictates the game. Like, if he wants to gallop forward, he does it. If he wants to just knock it to the side gently and then just make his way into the box, he has time to do it. And he's just yeah. such a... He's classy. And that's, that's he's the, the kind of p- player you want to build your team around. So so are you saying that's Leeds? Are you starting him? Because I'm not going to start him against Leeds. I'm not going to lie. Like, personally, I just don't... I would go with Kante, Mount, and Kovacic. Mm-hmm. Only because I think that that midfield battle is going to be so important, mm-hmm. and those three are just hard workers. Yeah, and they're warriors as well. Like all three of them have a, like a chip on their shoulder. Like they're ready to fight you at any second. Right. Can, 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 
Sorry. People say Kante is super nice, isn't it? I, I don't know, man. Kante can be dirty like the rest of them when he needs to be like... He's got a smile on his face. That doesn't make him nice, man. A lot of people take... For some reason, dark-skinned black guys... Because I'm a dark-skinned black guy that smiles a lot. And they think that we're nice. But they're not nice like that, you know? Don't piss me off. I'll start, um, I'll start having that spell. 100%. Yeah, so that's why I was coming to Jay. So, obviously, Alexis said... Mm. And yeah. you, I really knew because I, I, I know you. You're not, you're not gonna drop Havertz. Um, yeah. Tell me why Havertz over Kovacic. I just think um, I appreciate what what, what Kovacic does for the midfield in terms of makes it a little bit more solid. Sometimes, like in a way, like um, especially like defensively and that. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, I've seen enough in in Havertz's work rate, and obviously we all know about Mount's work rate. Mm-hmm. And I just feel like the understanding that he has with with the guys up top. Leeds are conceding a bag of goals. Yeah. And we're, we're conceding hardly any, like right now, isn't it? Yeah. And my thing is, I'm not threatened by Leeds, Leeds' attack like that. Like, I feel like Thiago mm-hmm. Silva is going to eat Bamford for, for breakfast, bro. Like, real talk, I'll tell you from now. Bamford so. is going to get a lesson on, on, on that day. I you said that. that. Watch him get a brace now. Like, I don't know why you're doing this to us, Jay. He won't, bro. Because Thiago Silva is still one of the best defenders in, in bro. He's one of hey, the Dan, best. clip this up. You're getting 15,000 views on Twitter. Bro. I don't... I, I prefer not to clip up. Because if I clip up, I know what's happened. I don't... Yeah, want... Big man thing. I'm, I'm telling you this from now. Zuma, too physical, too good in the air. So Bamford ain't winning that. And if he comes over to Thiago Silva... It's, it's, it's longer for you, bro. I check stats regularly. I check stats intermittently, yeah. like, every single week. And one thing that Bamford... And one, one thing that Chelsea are lacking is we don't have someone that shoots a lot. And yeah. the more you shoot, the more you score. And I think Salah, he's a shooter. Like, if you check it, he shoots loads. Kane shoots loads. Bamford's up there in terms of shooting. I feel like you can have a good defender, but where, for whatever reason, maybe it's a good setup or whatever... But Bamford is finding a way to shoot. So I don't want to jinx it. But back to Kovacic, I understand what you're saying. You're saying we don't necessarily need that much help defensively, but we might need help to break them down. It's because of the way it's going to be open, Dan, for me. I feel like Leeds, they don't care about leaving gaps because that's how their football goes. Do you yeah. see what I'm saying? They they play, it's like on FIFA, bro. It's like fast build up and press on a heavy touch kind of thing. They press on every man's touch. They press, 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 press. To the point where the the whole shape of the team is all over the place, but they don't care because this is how they play. This is how they get the ball back. You see what I'm saying? And then before you know it, there's gaps left, right, and center. And I just feel like with the way we're playing right now, I don't think we're the type of team to do that to you, bro. I think it's, you're making a big mistake if you do that. Second goal, the second goal against Sevilla, didn't you see Kovacic exploiting space and feeding Giroud through? Yeah, no, fair enough. But I just feel like I think I think Havertz. Havertz can do both. Havertz can exploit the space and Havertz can just run past man. Like, it's just going to be, be long for them. And, and Kovacic got man of the match against Spurs. Now, I obviously, I'm on the Discord lives. Join us on the Discord lives for matches. But also, I'm, I'm on Twitter too. And I saw half-time, a lot of people saying, take Kovacic off and bring Havertz on in the yeah, Spurs. Same, same story, man. Same story. Same, yeah. So, like, I get, I think people want that kind of attacking, that creativity, that person that can exploit the spaces that Havertz can do. But at the same time, it seems that Kovacic is the first casualty. I didn't even have to ask you. I just said that you want Havertz in, that means Kovacic has to come out because for some reason, Mount has to play. But 
Yeah, in terms we of... We really do have rich people problems, don't we? Like, I love it. I'm not going to lie to you. This is what I'm saying. This is what I'm saying. We should even be more sickening. But yeah, so Co- Kovacic is playing well. I know this is... Here's the thing. Under Lampard, a lot of people are saying, in a Lampard system, it has to be uh, uh, an enforcer, like uh, a rice, a Declan Rice, and it has to be Mount and two attacking eights. Like, he, we've shown that no matter what three, we can play well. Uh, I, I don't understand it. Going into the game, I was in the Discord with Anu. He saw Kovacic and Jorginho starting. He assumed it was a double pivot. This is, I know Anu, you're going to be listening. This is not a shot to you, but I have to, set to um, I have to say what's real. So, like, he saw Jorginho and Kovacic starting. He thought it was going to be a double pivot, but he was also worried because he thought that because Jorginho and Kovacic was playing, that we were going to do bad. And I feel like, I know, Alexis, you was in the kind of sorry camp, but I just kind of thought there's a general feeling where, and it, I think that maybe this is what's affected Giroud as well, but to up, uplift the likes of Tammy, and, and the, the likes of Mount, it seems like a lot of people have been shitting on the other players. Like, you'd yeah. always think that Giroud wasn't, wasn't capable of contributing. You'd almost think that Jorginho and Kovacic, when they're playing, all of a sudden we're going to lose, even though we finished third with them and they started for a whole season, even though, like, in our, in, in our runs where we're winning games, Jorginho's played a lot of them. So, yeah, it's, it's a weird one. And so, like, I guess my question to you is, Jay, because I think, like, you're maybe one of them, yeah. like... Is Jorginho and Kovacic as much a liability as the fan base are making them out to be? No, no. I, I definitely think they're not liabilities. I think that's ridiculous. I think with Kovacic, I think it's definitely stupid to, to be calling him a liability. I like No disrespect to anybody that, that, that thinks he shouldn't be in a team, but for me, he's he's got bags of ability, bro. Like You can't deny that. And Kovacic was one of our best players last season, whether you want to admit it or not. The, the, the facts are there, bro. Like, he, the performances were there. He was showing up for games where certain men were hiding. Mm. Like, I don't, like, yeah. I certain men, like, I've got a gender against someone. Like, like, I'm just saying it just generally. That's how I speak in it. But, like, a Bayern Munich, for example, there weren't a lot of guys that stood up and Kovacic was one of the guys that was head and shoulders. Do you know what I mean? So, I think with, with Kova, it's just a thing where he's just going to be battling just naturally for his place and he'll start certain games and Havertz will start certain games, and it's a it's a great problem to have. Like it's not even an issue like that. With Jorginho, I've actually been okay with Jorginho um, this season. Like I haven't really like I've, I'm beginning to. You learn in football, in it at the end of the day. Even as a fan, you learn to just accept things that happen with certain players. For me, I know at least two, three times Jorginho are probably going to get spun some somewhere somehow. One v one, it will happen. But one thing I know about Jorginho is. He is good on the ball. Like, yeah. he is very good yeah. on the ball. He's efficient on the ball. And I think Sevilla couldn't deal. Like, they, they found it difficult to get a, a, a grip of the game mm-hmm. against us in that yeah. forward win because Jorginho, he was doing what he does. He, yeah. he does what he does, in it? And fair play to him. And I think he, he's been, he's a good, he's a very, very good player to have yeah. to come in <laughs> to, to, to kind of wrap up, you know. Yeah, and yeah. something different because uh, we spoke about it in the chat, Jay. Like, yeah. Don't what you don't necessarily want Kante the Kante clone as yeah. a backup. You want yeah. options like Alexis. Go and speak on it. That's exactly it. You want options. You select which games, what way you want to play. With Jorginho as well, like in that Sevilla game, we were like, okay, we dare you, come press us. Yeah. You know, with Jorginho, you know, with Kovacic, you can play out in tight areas, and all yeah. of a sudden you got Havertz running straight at their back four. Yeah. Like, he's such a good tool to have. And so is Kovacic. Yeah. Like, realistically speaking, are the two of them good enough to start a title winning sides? 
I don't think they can be one of your top six, seven best players, but they can be your first sub off the bench and a selective starter in like certain games. And it's perfect. I'm even going to refute that. I definitely feel like they can both be like in a title winning team. Um, Mm. That's just like a lot of people say, oh, is the Leicester back to that Wonder League? Can they be in a title winning? Like, and that's not even just to say that anyone can do it. I just feel like Jorginho and Kovacic are quality players. Like, yeah, like, we're spoiled we for choice. Them. Rich people problems. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We see them for Italy. Like, we see, we'll we come on to Emerson, but a lot of these people, like, they go and they're, they're performing as one of the best players for their countries in international football, like, where they pick the best, is, the best. I think what it is as well is, like, what you've got to do is you've got to apply some sort of, like, um, sense to what you're saying as well, like, when you're talking about Jorginho, because when we had one of the, like, like when we had our good run under Sari, Jorginho was a massive part of that. And yeah. it was him, obviously, Loftus-Cheek and Kante. And if if you, you need to talk about seeing Jorginho in this team with Reese, Zuma, Thiago, Chilwell and Mendy behind him, because I think that's also something that exactly. probably even annoys me. Like I was watching Jorginho in front of Christensen and Rudiger. And the reason why I say them two as well is because Christensen and Rudiger played against Sevilla and he's still done okay defensively That's what I'm so a lot of people you know what I'm saying so a lot of people just kind of associate a bad run with Kovacic and Jorginho but like even last season there was like in don't forget before Kante came back from injury it was Kovacic and Jorginho in a pivot and we had a good run that was the only good run of the season but moving on because obviously we got Raul through Kante yeah. he came on he looked class I think the interesting take from it is that whenever Kante comes on and Jorginho's on the pitch, Jorginho stays anchor. Kante plays right central midfield. And obviously he done the cross for Giroud, which was amazing. But just generally, again, I have to say it again, he look, he just looks fast when he plays. But that I feel like that um, appearance kind of showed he doesn't have to play anchor. Kante is great in an anchor, but also Kante is great as an eight. Is there any more uh, you guys have to say on Kante? He's a world-class player. He's our best player. And he walks, he plays anywhere in that midfield, like for us. Exactly. All right. And Mount came on. Obviously, he had a rest, but Mount Athy play when it comes to Lampard. Um, he came on, he had the chance immediately. And I think it was Jorginho that fit him quickly with a direct pass. By the way, literally, again, that was a forward pass. I know people try to pretend that only Mount makes passes. But, but um, yeah, Mount, again, I think. Like Mount's gonna start anyway. We don't have to kind of debate whether he's gonna start or not. But um, yeah, he came on. Um, anything on Mount from you guys? No, I think he's just a he's a very influential piece at the moment in yeah. that midfield. I think um, I got into him when he was playing at left wing, and rightfully so because he was trash there. Um, yeah. So all you Chelsea fans that are trying to make excuses about him playing left wing and saying, "Oh, you Mount haters," and blah blah blah. Yeah. Just please, just please yeah. acknowledge when Mount plays bad. Yeah, just do that because when he was playing left wing, he was playing poor. Cool. So, so let's talk about Emerson because he came in and I think, again, a lot of people, like Emerson hasn't started a game for us, by the way. He has not this season. He has, like Lampard's just ran Chilwell into the ground. And I think before that, maybe we were, as P was playing or whatever, I think that was his first start of the season. And I think a lot of people woke up and realised that actually we already have a backup left back. I know we've been linked with Alaba and all that type of stuff, but people literally have been going around like, Emerson is done and he doesn't do anything yet. That if you watch, pisses me off, man. Yeah, it's it's silly. It really pisses Italy, me off. If you watch for Italy, he's amazing. Like he's literally amazing. Like last season, he started the season and he was great. I think again, just like I said before, when 
people kind of want to uplift players, so they want to uplift Chilwell. So the whole idea is that any other option we have is is completely out of that. It's just trash. But I'm glad that he's had this performance, and I'm glad. I was shocked because usually these type of players they can have a good performance, but people try to rubbish it. But actually, there's a lot of kind of good love and good faith around for Emerson. Yeah. So anything on Emerson? Yeah, I think people try to literally they pinpoint one thing he's not good at. For example, when the cross comes in from the so the opposing side's left hand side, you people runners like yeah. can get away from him very easily. And that's the thing now. Like they, they won't move off that, but they won't talk about how neat he is in possession. He's yeah. he's decent going forward. He's an average backup. Like he's perfect for backup, if anything. He's a good backup. Jay, anything on Emerson? No, I'm an I'm an Emerson fan, man. I like him. I like him as a yeah. player. Um, like I do think there is definitely a player in there. So like I'm cool with him if he's staying to be backup and. Everything's different when your team's winning. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a little bit more confidence when you come on the pitch. There's, you know, there's a little bit more of um, tolerance in terms of, like, being in the squad and stuff like that. So, you might feel a little bit better in terms of playing the role right it's, now. So. I was, was going to say, it's the same way. When, when everyone's winning, like, it just becomes everyone's amazing. Yeah. They're, they're just amazing football when you're on the winning side. At the same time, when, when things aren't going right, then everyone in that back line is shit and they can do... Yeah. Um, Trent was the best in the world the other day, but now he's one yeah. of the worst back backs. Just quickly run through it because I forgot. Kovacic finished third from last in the November rankings. Jorginho finished last, rock bottom in the November rankings. Disrespect. Yeah. Kante finished second um, and then Mount finished seventh. Emerson didn't count because he wasn't playing games. Chilwell... We won't talk about him because he didn't play in Sevilla, but he finished 11th, so he didn't finish high. As and then As P finished 12th, Reese James finished fourth. Say again, your guy, yeah. My guy, bro. Okay, so let's come on to the defense. So this will end the podcast here. So obviously, as Jay mentioned earlier, um, apart from Mendy, this defense is that started is the defense that has given people help, uh, uh, heart palpitations in terms of <laughs> Christensen. Emerson, Aspi, but actually it didn't go bad. That that back four started individuals. That's the back four for individual errors FC. They started, and um, obviously Jorginho and Kovacic started as well. So, but let me know your thoughts on Rudiger's performance. Um, yeah, no, uh, it's hard to just go off one game in it. You need to see him for like two, three, four. And then see I don't want to, please don't. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But um nah, he's he's done all right when he's when he's I think he come on for one game. I can't remember who it was or he played. He's played another yeah. Game. yeah. But he yeah. done all right against Krasnodar, I think it was. Um yeah. so he played all right in that game. Uh, he played good in this game, in my opinion, as well. Made a couple decent blocks as well. Um so maybe Rudiger's been a little bit humbled. I know he likes to be quite loud, but can't be loud yeah. in the room anymore when Thiago Silva's there, bro. So yeah. he needs to relax a little so bit. So apparently we're going to be... Huh? Yeah, my, my bad. I was, was going to say, apparently we're going to be selling Ivar Rudiger or Tomori in January because Lampard has too many centre-backs. So, yeah. like... No shit, five centre-backs. I could have told him that. Like... Yeah, yeah, no, but to be fair, like, to be fair, he, they did try to move them out um, in the last window. But, yeah, do you think that we should sell both January, or at least like, get rid of both in terms of Avalon or sell Alexis. 
I would sell Rudiger. I think we've re- like restocked his value, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. We've given him Champions League games. He's looked good, kept some clean sheets. Um, we could sell him for 30 million, I think, especially with Marina. So we could get our money back or even make a little profit. With Tomori, I feel for him, he needs to go yeah. on a permanent somewhere and play. Because out of the, the young players, he's the one that got shagged. Like, he got given false hope. He didn't play since January. He stayed because he thought there was a chance for him. And yeah, he's fifth choice now. Yeah. Both of them, if the opportunity is there, Tomori should leave because he wants to play. And Rudiger just needs a fresh start, in my opinion. Somewhere where he can start and go be Germany's number one centre-back. Right, so that, I thought they'd done well against Sevilla. I think one thing that we did miss is Zuma because they had a lot of balls into the box that we couldn't. They had some some of their chances on target were like headers, and I feel like maybe it's just me being kind of like I don't know, just trying to say that if he was there, he would have stopped it. Maybe they would have headed it anyway. But I just feel like when Zuma's there, we win so much more airily, and I think yeah, I think that's what we missed. But the last question that I'll wrap up on is Mendy, like. Even though that back four started, and I know that like even me, I, I don't trust that back four, but we looked comfortable. So I asked this question earlier in, I can't remember which pod, and I asked because um, Thiago Silva made that mistake against West Brom, and obviously we conceded three goals. Um, and I think since whenever Mendy's playing, we feel comfortable. So my yeah. question is, is Mendy the big Is it, is it just Mendy? Is Mendy the big difference? Because when you look at our results, it's so much easier to win because we don't concede. So I know like there's other things in terms of the 4 3 3 that has helped us structurally. But yeah, how how big a difference is Mendy, Jay? He's a massive difference. I think he's his ability to come and claim things, I think, has made a lot of the players at the back relax a little bit more. They they feel confident in terms of when they feel a little bit more confident in terms of when the crosses are coming in now. I think before they were at sixes and sevens, mainly because they weren't sure what their keeper was going to do. They were, I think they were scared even in, in terms of like attempts on target and stuff like that. So it, it, messes your, it messes with your head a little bit as a defender. And I think Mendy, he hasn't even made like a lot of outstanding saves. But the thing is, what he has done is he's just, He's keeping what he's meant to keep out, if that makes sense. Like with mm. Kepa, he was letting a lot of what was meant to get saved. He was just, they were going in. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I don't, I don't think it's a thing where Mendy's been doing like crazy De Gea level so far. Like, you get what I'm saying? I'm trying to be a little yeah. bit realistic here because I think a lot of people are, are, are talking like um, Mendy's made like these crazy, crazy saves that you can't get to. He's made a few of them. But yeah. I think he's just doing his job as a keeper. Like he's doing the what we what we need a GK to do at a top level, which is make a couple of decent saves here and there and just stay like concentration levels stay high when you haven't been in the game for a while. When we need you to make a save like against Spurs, he, he comes and he makes it. Um and when there's a little bit of pressure on us and the crosses are coming in, he's coming out and he's and he's and he's claiming them. Do you know what I mean? And then he's I think he's loud as well. That's what's been said by the players in terms of he's loud, he's confident. So that makes them confident. And it's not a surprise that even with that backline um, in Sevilla, like they managed to come away with a clean sheet because I think it is a lot to yeah. do. With Mendy. <laughs> because the funny thing is, we had one of the best defences in the league with Sari and 
that like close to that back line, if not that black back line. So, and that was with Kepa. So like Alexis, how, how much is Mendy really factoring it? And if we're kind of comparing this season to last season, the things that have changed, one of them is Mendy, but there's also the 4 3 3. There's also some individuals. We have won the group for the first time, like at Akanta in a long while. We look steady. Yeah. We look like we're Premier League challengers. Is Mendy the big difference? I think Mendy and Silva. Uh, I just think Silva's the common presence where everyone's like, oh, we've got Silva on our side. We're good. You, like, I think we've all played like Sunday League with somebody where you know your partner next to you is he'll get you out of trouble if you do something stupid. And with Mendy, Jermaine said it perfectly. He just does what he has to do and keeps his step in. And that, that's perfect. That's what you want from your keeper. And yeah. for me, the best part is nothing looks too extravagant, if that makes sense. Like none of yeah. the saves are like, oh my God, what a save. It's all, even if it's a good chance for the opposition, it's like, oh, it's a solid save. There was only one against Sevilla. You know, the one where he went behind him and somehow he octopus hands it. Yeah. and got it back out. But otherwise, everything else looks like bread and butter stuff for him, which is a good sign for me when, when it comes to a keeper. 100%. I, I don't want to see you stretching to get there. I want, I want you to make it look easy for me. I want you to command the area so much, it looks like you're not doing much. But actually, statistically, if you check the statistics, he's actually performing well with statistics as well. So, so yeah, he's, he's doing sick. It's, it's a bit, it's easy right now. I don't even mind going on Discord because I don't feel like there's going to be any blood of my enemies type of shit. We're winning. It's, it's good. How long is this going to last? I don't know. I don't even want to ask the question, but yeah. And thanks, um, Alexis, for coming on. You're always welcome. I feel like we didn't get enough hot takes from you. We didn't get enough of that enemy villain, Alexis. So, so yeah, you, hopefully you can come on again in the future. Thank you. I'll definitely um, come on. And yeah, Jay. Cool. Yeah. And Jay, obviously... Good to have you back with your optimism. That's been another episode of Chessie Hour. Definitely tweet about it using a hashtag. Ask your friends uh, um, that are Chelsea fans to listen. Join the Discord. We have merch dropping as well. Alexis, in fact, do you want to plug? Yes, please. Um, guys, if you want some, as Dan says, villainous statements or some realistic statements, I, I like to call myself <laughs> a realist. The Kafka's you. Guys, follow me. It's in my yeah. bio. I'll be in the link, yeah. so it's perfectly fine. Uh, by the way, I want to say congratulations to you guys. And the reason why- I want to say congratulations, 55th right. most best listened podcast in the sports section on Spotify. I saw that today. That's impressive. Yeah. Well done. Yeah. You guys earned it. And just to paint the picture, like most of our listeners don't even come on Spotify, but 55th in sports, like that's 55th in sports. I, I look at the charts. In football alone, it's competitive because you've got all of the athletic podcasts, you've got all of the BBC podcasts, you've got all the Sky podcasts, you've got club podcasts like the official Man United podcast. So you have all of that. And obviously they've got like millions as, as well. So to be 55th in sports altogether where you're getting all of the top cricket podcasts, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a big, big look, man. Um, and that's all down to you guys listening. So yeah, thanks for everyone listening. I was also going to say, Alexis, you got merch out, right? You got masks. Yeah, mine's the money doesn't go to me. It's for a charity event for kids in Syria. So a friend of mine designs masks. She gave me a Kafka's View mask, my first merch. All the like, I, uh, majority of the money goes to the kids in Syria. If anyone's interested, hit me up on Twitter. I'll send you the link straight through. And we, we've got merch coming out and the, the money goes to... Um, 
the ghost in my pocket, but still, by the merch, it's going to be sick. When we launch, when we launch, I want, I want it to be sold out. It's going to be sick. I'm so, I'm so Sports Social Podcast Network.